and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another fiery, feisty, fun, fantastic, fabulous Friday morning for Torch Report 467. Beneath the thrilling political circus, there is a strong, dark current that is swiftly reshaping the world as we know it. And we're going to get to that. But first, meet LaFonza. <laughs> Have you met LaFonza? It's kind of fun to say LaFonza. LaFonza Butler is the hardcore progressive hack who was just cherry-picked by California Governor Gavin Newsom to replace the deceased Senator Dianne Feinstein, the dinosaur who uh, recently fell over dead after casting one last vote in the U.S. Senate. Now, LaFonza. LaFonza resides in Maryland, uh, which has some people scratching their heads as to why she's just been appointed, not elected, but appointed to serve as a senator for the state of California. I mean, Newsom did commit to appointing a black woman, say, as, a, uh, as opposed to, say, uh, you know, selecting the most qualified candidate. But why didn't he just pick one of the many eager black progressive feminists from his home state? It just kind of seems odd, you know? So could it be that LaFonza, who is a chubby black lesbian, is, is somehow just more relatable to the average everyday American? Could it be that uh, Gavin Newsom is trying just to score some points for appointing the first ever black lesbian to the Senate. Now, I want to point out, friends, I'm I'm not making these words up, the first ever black lesbian. Uh, this, is, this is what's out there in the news. I put a picture of LaFonza right here, so feast your eyes, friends. If you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com. Check out Torchport 467 and you can fall in love with LaFonza. I mean, it's either the fact that she's a fat black lesbian uh, or the <laughs> Newsom's trying to get some points or, or maybe it could be her highly impressive credentials. You know, according to LaFonza's new spiffy new taxpayer funded website, she's got her own .gov website, LaFonza is qualified to make decisions on behalf of the American people precisely because she has been a union organizer and she's been a progressive campaign consultant and she's been a quote, a political action committee executive, period and quote Friends, in other words, LaFonza is a progressive stooge. Interestingly enough, however, I did put a screenshot of her uh, .gov website in here. Conspicuously missing from her .gov website is the fact that LaFonza was the president of the radical leftist abortion group known as Emily's List. Uh, and that happens to be the reason that she was living in Maryland, because she was the CEO of the radical leftist abortion group Emily's List. At any rate, you know, uh, LaFonza, you know, at least she smiled for for the camera there, you know. Uh, one might speculate that once in the Senate, uh, as a union activist, LaFonza, this, this black lesbian leftist, she might actually really hit it off with her fellow senator, uh, 
the, you know, U.S. Senator John the Slob Fetterman, because Fetterman, he was a union activist, too. That's why he's in the U.S. Senate making decisions on behalf of the American people. As a matter of fact, uh, despite Fetterman being institutionalized for clinical depression for two months and yet somehow managing to sponsor bills from the hospital, Fetterman is, in fact, back in action. He's better than ever making an absolute mockery of the prestigious upper chamber of the United States Congress. So maybe, just maybe, these two might make the perfect dynamic duo. I don't know. I did put a few shots of Fetterman in there for you to take a look and and let me know what you think, friends. Uh, You know, you can see pictures of him conducting business on behalf of We the People. You know, he's, he's wearing his signature shorts and hoodies. You know, his socialist pals, Bernie pals over there looking on, you know, or over here he's uh, inspiring the nation, shaking hands with the sock puppet, wearing his Carhartt hoodies, you know. Anyway, Fred, you may be wondering, Luke, what the hell are you talking about? What's the point of all of this? Where's the depth? Where's the analysis? Friends, the point is, this is just another smack in the face, another smack in the face. I'm throwing this out there as a friendly reminder That the ruling class elites are laughing at us. They're laughing at our expense. They're laughing in our faces. And our political system is clearly, clearly broken beyond repair. I mean, we could talk about the political circus all day long, but it's just a distraction. Uh... We could talk about Trump endorsing Jim Jordan as the Speaker of the House. I think that's a good thing. We could talk about Biden's bombshell decision to build the wall on the southern border, much to the chagrins of Beto O'Rourke. I think that that's a good thing that he's building the border, you know. We could talk about the story about the FBI. I don't know if you guys saw this one. Uh, the FBI stopped these Antifa writers and asked them, hey, have you guys seen any of those dangerous MAGA types around out there? <laughs> Actually, it's just a parody article from the Babylon Bee, but I put the link in the article there. I mean, that's where we're at, friends. The insanity is just ludicrous, you know. We could talk about all of that and more, but there is actually something more important lurking within the headlines today, and based on some messages that were blowing up my phone this morning, I think many of you have seen this. Get this. Hillary Hankels Clinton, she has gone on national television. Hillary Clinton, the anointed one, and she has floated the idea of formally deprogramming the so-called MAGA extremist. And friends, she was not joking. I did put the screenshot there. Hillary Clinton floats formal deprogramming and suggests of Trump supporters and suggests that GOP base is made of bigots. <laughs> and the MAGA extremists, they're taking their orders from Trump. <laughs> you know, this lady, well, will she go the way of Di- uh, Feinstein or the dinosaurs? I don't know. You know, she just keeps clinging on. But on, on, on his face, this is all laughable. Like, really? Are you kidding me, Hillary? Seriously? Formal deprogramming of Trump supporters? Come on. Hello. You know, but really, friends, this is no laughing matter. These are the seeds of thought. This is the mind virus. This idea that Trump supporters need to be reprogrammed. This mind virus has been circulated before. You may recall the uh, the National uh, Democrat National Committee, uh, other prominent progressives. They were calling for the re-education of Trump supporters after J6 and even before. And so the fact that Kankles is out there on CNN pushing this narrative again is disturbing. 
She's watering this infectious idea that seems to be spreading pretty fast right now. There's a lot of liberal idiots out there who seem to be emboldened by her bigoted statements. Uh, there's a circulating sentiment, sentiment out there. I put a link in here. Uh, they can compile a bunch of comments passing this around on social media. But it says, quote, American conservatism is a mental illness that needs to be eradicated through re-education camps and forced labor, period, end quote. American conservatism is a mental illness that needs to be eradicated through re-education camps and forced labor. This is what these people believe. This is what the ruling class elites believe. The people that are saying these things believe these things. They also believe that a fat black lesbian and a brain dead idiot with legitimate mental health issues, illnesses, you know, that somehow these people are imminently qualified to represent we the people, to serve in the U.S. Senate and protect the rights of the individual states and safeguard minority opinion uh, as the Senate is elected to do. You know, that's that they believe this, friends. You, know, you want to talk about who's mentally ill here, you know? Speaking of mental illness, by the way, I couldn't resist. I saw this picture. Uh, the people who believe that American conservatism is a mental illness also believe that, you know, cross-dressers, you know, men in drag, you know, groping young children is normal behavior. And so... I just want to point that out. And by the way, I keep saying fat black lesbian, fat black lesbian, flat black lesbian. Say that 10 times, you know. I say that because LaFonza is a fat black lesbian. And also because there was a man who was recently sentenced to jail for calling a woman a fat lesbian, even though she was a fat lesbian. And yes, friends, that actually happened. As sure as there is a picture showing a fat, hairy man sitting in a low-cut, flowery dress, wearing lipstick and stick-on lashes, so too was a man arrested and jailed for hate speech for calling a fat lesbian a fat lesbians. And he's not alone, by the way. There's a 16-year-old teenager up in Connecticut was also arrested for using hate speech on Snapchat. So it seems... That, you know, arresting people for hate speech is all the rave right now. And thus, I'm using the words fat black lesbian to make the point. You know, throwing people in jail for using accurate adjectives is the absolute peak of ab absur absurdity. I mean, you can't, it's ludicrous, preposterous, absurd. How could you be throwing people in jail for using accurate adjectives like fat black lesbian? I mean, it just makes no sense at all, friends. But more critically, more critically, in a world where people are getting tossed in jail for using accurate adjectives and prominent political leaders are out there openly calling for the reprogramming of their political opposition. In that world, I think we need to sit up and pay attention to what the hell is going on around here. Who the hell do these people think they are? They could not possibly be serious, could they? But yes, friends, they are serious. Quite unfortunately, these woke mobsters are as serious as a clot shot heart attack. Uh, hence... Hence the dark current that is threatening to sweep 
all political opposition into the dustbin of history by systematically targeting all American patriots for further harassment, discrimination, and reprogramming. Friends, they are coming for you. And you don't even have to take my word for it. (laughs) I did put a lot of links in the report today. Uh, You know, Biden's out there warning that, again, he was down in Arizona warning, by the way, the... uh, Governor of Arizona and the Secretary of State, they all bounced out of Arizona when Biden went down there. Not quite sure why, but Biden uh, Biden was warning that Trump's MAGA following poses a threat to democracy. You know, meanwhile, the FBI has quietly created a new category of extremism. It's a new category of extremism, just in time for the 2024 elections. And this new category of extremism targets Trump MAGA supporters. You know, an exclusive over at Newsweek, an exclusive Donald Trump followers are targeted by the FBI as the 2024 election nears. The FBI targeting Trump supporters for domestic terrorism before the election. American military reports the FBI is secretly targeting Trump supporters. So there you have it, friends. The president says that anyone who wants to make America great again is a threat to democracy. The weaponized federal government is targeting his opposition. Aligned leaders are openly calling for American patriots to be reprogrammed. You can't make this stuff up, friends. I mean, it's it's disturbing. I don't know what they'll say, you know, but I will tell you this. Here's what I think, to be honest. I don't think that the FBI is going to start rounding up American patriots for reprogramming. I just don't think that's going to happen, at least not yet, you know, Uh, go ahead and try that, right? And so I I think instead, these seeds are being planted, and they're being watered in order to nurture the acceptance of these radically draconian, these indefensibly despicable measures that may be deployed at some point in the future, maybe, just maybe. But more importantly, I think these thinly veiled threats against anyone who wants to reclaim their country, their constitutional republic, uh, they're being threatened, but these threats are intended to drive behavioral change. In fact, I'm certain that that's what this is all about. The Department of Justice's website for hate crimes, if you haven't checked it out, I put the link in there, check it out, friends. It reads just like a script of Marxist propaganda, and they've deployed this new system, a nationwide system for anonymous snitching. And this, uh, you know, newly deployed nationwide system for anonymous, (laughs) for anonymous snitching has corresponded with a very predictable explosion of reported hate crime. So we get this big system. Anybody can report a hate crime. Come on, it's easy. Just do it right here. They give you instructions, okay? And now there's an explosion in hate crimes across the nation. And this is just like what happened in California. What they do in one place, they will do in another. And they pilot their crackpot ideas wherever they think they can, right? So like with the with the world coin and stuff we were talking about yesterday, world digital IDs and stuff, they're, they're piloting it in third world countries, okay? They're piloting these crackpot social justice ideas in California. You know, they're piloting the, the radical environmental agenda in, in smaller countries, uh, European countries predominantly, uh, but also here home now, right? So what they do in one place, they will do in another. But 
You know, they work out the kinks in these kind of test markets, if you will, and then they deploy those very same strategies at the national level. Ultimately, it will be done at the global level. And so now that they've got this system, uh, nationwide system for anonymous snitching, now they have the data that shows hate crimes have shot up a shocking 89.6% over the last 10 years. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? I mean, hate crimes are exploding. 89.6% increase in hate crimes over the last 10 years. Oh, you know. And with these numbers, they can then construct a narrative that allows them to point to the racist white supremacists, the MAGA domestic terrorists as threats to our democracy. Friends, this is another example of the methodical manipulation that I was talking about here last week. Uh, you know, they're, they're creating the data to, to feed the narrative, to create this behavioral change. And as for the behavioral change element, if you think about it, no one wants to get reported to the FBI for hate crimes, right? And thanks to the anonymous snitching, now the data shows that hate crimes are exploding everywhere, and that feeds the narrative that drives the headlines, which then elevates public awareness and sensitizes the social consciousness, but it sensitizes millions of potential new victims. Jesse Samalet need not apply. <clears throat> but with the, with the public sufficiently sensitized, the FBI's snitch, snitch line is going to be ringing off the hook, you know what I mean? And as a result of that, everyday Americans, and most especially business owners, they're going to be walking on eggshells, like, oh my gosh, you know, living with this perpetual fear that they might get reported on, anonymously snitched on, for using the wrong effing pronouns, an incorrect adjective, or some other officially forbidden language. That's what drives the behavioral change. And ultimately, friends... It drives people toward policing themselves, right? Just wait till they roll out the commie, you know, the community confessions playbook, right? Where people are encouraged to self-deprivate in public space and, and repent of their sins of wrong thinking and, and reaffirm, reaffirm their allegiance to the greater good in order to spare their miserable lives, right? It's all happened before, friends. During the Great Purge, a great example, the Stalinist confessions and all of that. But it's happening again right now. Now, which brings me to the point that everything that's happening is in fact a textbook communist takeover. Put differently, and since it's Friday, drum roll please, the commies are taking over the world! <laughs> Friends, they intend to win the battle of democracy, to destroy all aspects of existing society, to obliterate personal property rights, to steal our children's and tax us into oblivion. And if you don't believe me, just go read it for yourself. <laughs> you know, go read the Communist Manifesto. It's all in there and so much more. It lines perfectly with the Democrat Party platform. It explains why we get this diversity hire from Maryland representing the senator, uh, Senate in California. Anyway, friends, the point is, however they try to play this off, as long as we're still allowed to talk about these things and call a fat black lesbian a fat black lesbian. 
<laughs> then the resistance is, is, is still alive and well. You know, that's why we've got all these progressives advocating for the eradication of free speech. Why our government has declared total war on factual information and why the White House is continuing its high-pressure campaign against misinformation. Friends, it's all meant to silence you. But do not go quietly into the night. Make some noise. Make a lot of noise. Resistance is the spice of life and therefore resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website and find the heart. Click the heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and have a fabulous Friday afternoon. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.